It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual components. We are very complex human beings, um, and foremost, we have to be healthy physically. So I'm going to have you go to my website, which is www.synergyconnectionradio.com. And on that website, you will see a link to Boomers Forever Young. Their products are world-class. I have been using them for the last four years. And if you go into their website, there are all kinds of wonderful blogs, um, testimonies, uh, recordings. They do a health podcast. All of this is free. And so you can check out their products and make sure that you're doing your part to stay healthy. Um, As many of us are well aware, even those that have been vaccinated twice and received booster shots are still getting breakthrough cases of COVID. And a part of that is just that their immune system is not where it needs to be. So your D3 test, if you take that, it's a simple blood test. You want that number to be above 70. And I would say the majority of people, even here in Florida, it's down in the 40s, maybe if they're lucky in the high 50s. Um, but you want it above 70 in order to fight off bacteria and viruses. The other thing you need to know is um, your C-reactive protein. That's a CRP. And C-reactive protein test is another one that they can do. It's a simple blood test. That is the level of inflammation you have in your body. And that number should be below one. I will tell you that mine is a 0.3. So every disease comes from inflammation first and then becomes the disease. So you want to be looking at how can I lower my inflammation and how can I raise my immune system? So go in and check out their website. Um, I have used their products for the last four years and I certainly attribute my being as healthy as I am to using these products. Excuse me, okay, so um, I have as a returning guest, Keith Long. And uh, Keith is a Harvard Neiman Foundation scholar. He is also a Florida Bar certified uh, person for continuing law education credits. I know that he is, um, you know, does this on a regular basis. He is also a moderator of Black Lives Matter and the Innocence Project. And he has a lifetime FBI clearance and uh, writer for books to documentaries. Um, So today we're going to be talking about managing change. And uh, Keith, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So when you say managing change, you know, in my mind, we have change constantly. We have physical change. We have emotional change. We have uh, change that could come with careers. We have relocation. We have people who have died in the last uh, year in particular. Uh, you know, with disease related to COVID or not. Um, We have all kinds of change that takes place in our lives. And I know that that is one of the most difficult things for people to go through is just how to manage change. So what words of wisdom would you like to share as far as Mm -hmm. how people can handle 
change when it does occur because that's the only thing we can count on in life is change, right? Well, I think that's very prescient of you and, um, and, and it, and it uh, reveals a great insight on your part that, that change is, is really what life is about. And uh, on the other hand, a lot of people uh, look for constancy uh, as a source of stability and as a source of reassurance and comfort. Uh, and they pretty much resist and avoid change in those moments. So there's a definitely, I think for all of us, as some of us just like to relax, they like to take an afternoon off. Uh, they don't want change at that moment. I'm that way myself occasionally. And, um, and it's, it's nice to get away from somebody that, or something that is stimulating change in me or in my environment. And uh, so it's, there's definitely a balance that managing change involves. And I did want to, uh, so I'm a little bit ignorant of, of how synergy manages the emotional or physical or spiritual elements of a person's, you might say, balance in life. And I would, I would, if, you, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you is how, how would synergy and transcend, transcendental uh, meditation and Reiki and all of these elements that perhaps you and your audience are involved with, how do you address the, the subject of managing change? Well, um, that's a little more complex, but I, I guess I can tackle it in, in different ways. Um, from my position, I, I look at us as human beings who do better if we are four-legged, if you will. So think of a chair or a stool. Now there's a three-legged stool that usually is, you know, works pretty well. But over 35 years of doing therapy with people, what I was finding is that I had a lot of professionals that came into my office and they would sit down and they'd say, you know, you know, I have a great home life. I love my wife. My kids are awesome. My job is doing well. And yet I feel unfulfilled. You know, I'm not sure what's missing, but I'm just feeling slightly depressed or maybe slightly anxious, and I'm not sure of the source. And so over the years, what I discovered was that a lot of times it was um, a mindset or it was a script that we were following from childhood. And there was something that that person felt that they were missing. And so they basically were looking at, you know, what is missing? What, what, what is it in my life that is making me kind of feel this way? Because they had all of the elements, but they weren't working synergistically together. And so, like I said earlier, uh, in the introduction, if we don't have our physical health, we really don't have the energy to put into the other three areas of our life. You know, we're, we're doing well to get up and function each day and then go to bed at night and hopefully sleep. But if you have your physical health working for you, then you can begin to explore the intellectual part. So maybe the intellectual part that might be missing for somebody would just be learning new skills. You know, we get bored, our brains get bored. 
And after a while, you know, you kind of go, well, there's got to be more to life than this. So go explore learning something maybe new. And it might be painting, it might be gardening, it might be a class in philosophy, it might be going back to school, but work with your brain so that it is being, uh, I would say almost forced to think outside the box, you know, get out of your comfort zone and go learn something new. Might be a foreign language, you know, travel, something. And that kind of begins to feed that intellectual component that we may have left behind the minute we graduated from high school, college, graduate school, doctorals, you know, but we may have said, okay, I've arrived and now I'm leaving that behind and I'm going to go use it. But with brain function, it's kind of use or lose it. So we have to expand it. We have to look again outside the box. Uh, Going into the spiritual, you know, understanding that there is something beyond us. Um, For me, you know, it's it's my relationship with nature. Um, I have uh, a strong connection, I believe at least, to angelic guidance. And it certainly worked um, when my husband was so sick and almost died. Um, Now he has been deceased for more than four years, but um, three and a half years prior to that, so seven and a half years ago, he was in ICU with an hour and a half to live. That divine intervention that came through me was what saved his life. So that's part of the Reiki skills, learning energetically how to use that part of us because we all have it it's not just me and i can teach people how to be in touch with that um so that is the spiritual component and some people you know find it through uh, practicing tai chi or they practice yoga or they do meditation but they find you know that peaceful component someplace else other than the intellectual and the physical you follow me so far uh, oh, yes. Uh-huh. So then that fourth component has to do with the emotional. And um, I would say the emotional is more closely related to our physical uh, and our spiritual. We spend 95% of our time in our brains, intellectualizing everything. And our heart has 40,000 brain cells in it. And so our heart is our intuitive center. So when we go to our heart to make decisions, we are making much more accurate decisions about our lives. And so that's another component that I try and teach people is go to your heart. There is a place called HeartMath Institute out in California. And the HeartMath Institute has taught this for years and years and years. There was a Dr. Jim Plowski. Uh, He's a medical doctor that actually started that and uh, died a number of years ago now. But learning to go within to the heart and to our intuition gives us far better accurate answers to life than staying in our brains. Now, I don't know whether I've answered your question or not. (laughs) Well, it it actually provoked uh, uh, another question. So you're a therapist or your career has been in therapy. And so in the example you gave, uh, somebody, a professional um, came into your office uh, as a patient and, and, uh, and was in a situation where they were, uh, 
they were unhappy emotionally uh, and and so forth and and so they came to you to resolve that right and and so the way you one of the ways you resolved it was to to introduce him a man in this case uh to kind of a peaceful stable almost unchanging um point of touch point let me put it that way i'm i'm asking really i'm 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 praising it wrong i i'm really asking uh so and and so is that transition of um of emotional stability and emotional health that you're that you create in your relationship with patients is that does that represent change in some manner or does that represent uh, a journey to a place of stability and tran tranquility or things of that nature does that make sense uh i think i know i think i know where you're going but um okay so change in a very simplistic way if you looked at getting up in the morning the alarm clock goes off you may lay there for a couple minutes getting your um, mind back into your body and your thoughts kind of uh, moving in a, a direction of being awake and alert and then you get out of bed so you have changed from a sleeping position to an awakening position to then a hopefully alert and awake position. You've had that transition in a matter of minutes. We might go to the kitchen and, you know, start coffee. Um, maybe have a glass of juice, maybe have a bowl of fruit. So now we are again changing. We're changing our bodies nutritionally because we're adding something, you know, to our body. So now we are into that physical being and we are bringing in the intellectual part of who we are. So we're balancing that, right? And then we're gonna move to, you know, possibly, um, I, you know, it, it just depends upon the person's day and what's going on in their personal life. If you have children at home, if you have a spouse at home, if you have to take the dog out, but you are constantly making little minute changes. When it comes to doing therapy with someone, it's no longer minute. At that point, the person has been motivated to make a change in their life because they recognize that it's not working the way they want it to work. So what is preventing that? And what I typically do is I have people look at 10-year increments. So if you're 60, you're looking at six 10-year increments. And whatever belief systems you had in each of those 10 years that you may be dragging with you that are not in your best interest, you might have to make some changes in your mindset and in your construct of who you think you are, because that may be what has prevented you from making transitions easily. And so That's sometimes... So if I could... Uh... So from that description, which I think that's quite interesting. So if somebody for, let's say, a decade and between their 50s and 60s, or age 50 to 60, um, uh, discovers at age 60 that they, they've got a lot of baggage, either emotional or psychological or 
career or a relationship or whatever. Um, what I think I heard you say is that, that that may be because they were not changing in the sense of growing and, and exploring and, uh, and uh, discovering uh, themselves and their, and their world during that decade. And what they ended up doing was just carrying a, a bunch of old stagnant baggage with them, either emotionally or spiritually or in relationships or whatever. And that then is what they discover one day at age 60 and they come into Lucy's office and they say, I'm not very happy. And I don't get fulfilled from the job I have had for the last 10 years. And Lucy might say, well, the reason is that in the past decade, you've missed out on the changes that you maybe should have been experiencing or engaging with. Am I, am I describing that correctly? Uh, again, not quite. Um, okay. <laughs> not quite. Um, I don't ever tell anyone what they should or shouldn't have done. I let mm -hmm. them do their own evaluation. So if you're a child between um, birth and 10, I have them look at, you know, how did I look at my family? What was my belief about family life, mine and maybe others? You know, because I'm now playing, I'm at school, I'm learning during that 10 years of time. And then maybe I'm going to be looking at what was my um, belief system about faith if they went to church or didn't go to church. Maybe their friends went to church. What was their belief about friendship? What was their belief about love and the family, you know, between mom and dad? Was there a mom and dad present? What was their belief about aging? Did they have grandparents in their life? So they look at all aspects of life during that 10 year block of time. And then we change, if you will, as we move from 11 to 20. You know, at that point, we're middle school, we're high school, we have romance in our life, um, relationships change. Maybe we go away to college, maybe we get married, maybe we have a child, you know, depending upon the person. And so again, our evolutionary mind is moving in this new direction so we are changing but is there, a constructive, is there a constructive way to manage those changes is there is there a mindset that you could describe to somebody who's let's say i'm going from age 20 to 30 i'm in college and uh, i'm going to get married and start a career and that's all of that represents change but some people manage it better than others and um and are more successful than others. Is there any is there anything that you uh, kind of contribute to their 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 way of managing those changes, either in terms of a mindset or strategy or 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 healing energy from Reiki and things like that, or or anything at all? Is there anything like that that you can? Describe? Well, it's not a. It, it isn't. You know, like go to the store and get a book or, you know, here's everything in a kit. Um, a lot of times it is the fact that the person is born into a family where there is balance and harmony and peace. And, you know, you have a mother, a father, grandparents, uncles, aunts, you know, somebody that is kind of uh, representing, you know, a healthy lifestyle. So they are in nature, 
you know, maybe they do practice meditation. Maybe they do believe in, in education and constantly learning, but it's keeping it in balance so that it's not just one thing. It's, it's all four legs, which is why I talk about the Synergy Connection show, meaning that we connect those dots. We make sure that we're physically healthy, intellectually curious, emotionally and you know stable so it isn't like one thing that you do but what happens is that the person you know if i'm seeing them for therapy which is not about the show but if i'm seeing them for therapy i have them go back and discover on their own you know i don't tell them what they need to do um, i have them discover the missing piece or pieces and then once they discover that what do they want to do to move forward? I may give them options and they may choose one or two options that work well for them. But there is not a prescription that you take. It's not like, here is the pill, take this pill once a day and you'll be fine. So if I were to ask you, I would say, well, what's the, the, uh, the scenario you described is, is, is represents or applies to me. And so I'm unhappy with my... Uh, uh, my life and, and I feel unfulfilled or I feel frustrated and so forth. And I, I would, I'm attracted to your prescription, your, um, your approach to resolving that positively. And I'm wondering one thing that struck my, caught my attention was the use of the term mindset. Mm -hmm. So if I were, if I were to ask you as uh, not as a, patient, but just as somebody who's interested in the things you're interested in talking about here on the show, uh, is there a mindset, is there a way you can help me create the mindset that I, that I, that I need to, to make the transition from where I'm at to where I want to be, from unfulfilled to fulfilled, to satis unsatisfied to satisfied to product unproductive to productive? um and so forth is there a mindset there that that you could describe or not or help me no because you're asking for something like one size fits all and, and that isn't true of any of us as human beings there is not a one size fits all so each person that i've ever worked with you know for over 35 years they're kind of looking at some point in their life usually around 45 like, what is my purpose? Why am I even alive? You know, I've had friends maybe who have died or, you know, that have been injured or whatever, but you know, why, why am I alive? What is my purpose? And it's each person has to go on their own journey to discover that. So for me, I am simply a guide, a person that will help you explore what it is that is most meaningful to you. <clears throat> so there is not a particular mindset that you can work with and say, if you do this, you will get this. That's intellectualizing again. So this is going to be going within your heart, using your intuition and listening to yourself kind of say, this works. This doesn't work so well. I like this. I don't like this. You know, I'm in an environment that is not pleasing to me. I'm in a relationship that is causing me a lot of stress. You have to identify the parts that maybe are not working as well as you would like for them to work. Then we go back and we find 
maybe those belief systems that created that. So if you identify what isn't working and then go back and look at these 10-year blocks of time, you will find that there are some beliefs that you held maybe as a child or a teenager or a young adult that you're still trying to work from that are no longer working for you because you're not the same person. Your experiences are different. So this is where change is evolutionary. We are constantly changing from the time we move from the baby bed to the big girl or big boy bed, from the moment that we give up our binkies and our thumbs, you know, because we don't need those anymore, our bottles, you know, we give up a baby bottle. Hopefully we don't pick up a different bottle when we're in our twenties. But um, we are constantly changing. And so do we go kicking and screaming into the change or do we look at it as something that is growth producing and that is beneficial, you know, for us? Okay, well, that's quite interesting. A lot to contemplate, a lot to consider in that uh, on the subject of change. Absolutely. And and we do need to be aware of that because, um, you know, just use COVID as as a perfect example for the last two years. All the changes that we've had, we've not been able to be with friends and family uh, a good portion of this two year time frame. And when we were, we were supposed to keep our distance. Um, There used to be an expression that it took 12 hugs a day to thrive. There are people that have not even received one hug a day, you know, during this two years because they're so fearful. And so that's another thing to look at is fear is nothing more than false evidence appearing real. How many of our social media, um, you know, are, we're just being pounded on a daily basis, multiple times a day, if you have your television on, or if you're checking, you know, your phone for information about, you know, COVID and fear-based kinds of thoughts, because just a month ago, we were being told, hey, it's going to be okay, you can be with family. And now all of a sudden, we're not so sure it's okay. So if I'm in a relationship, um, let's say I'm a man and I'm in a relationship with a woman, and uh, the relationship, one day uh, I wake up and say, you know what, my relationship with her has changed. And Mm -hmm. she may wake up that on another day or the same day and say, you know what, my relationship with him has changed. Mm-hmm. And for both of us, it might be that uh, our relationship is not as fulfilling as it once was. And um, and one of them or both of them may say, well, we've grown in different ways, on different paths, in different directions, and we're at different places. So we're no longer together as a couple. We are, um, we are two individuals kind of living together and calling ourselves a couple, but emotionally, spiritually, uh, and, uh, and in terms of managing change, we don't do any of that together. We do it separately. And so, of course, the subject of your, uh, of your conversation today is managing change. And so one of the things that occurs to me is that if I were 
in that situation, I would say, all right, if, if I'm not happy in my relationship with this woman who I've been with uh, in a relationship, then it's, I might say to myself, it's, it's on me, it's my responsibility to make it fulfilling for me. Because it's not, I can't make it fulfilling for her unless there's communication. And let's say that our communication level has not, not been that great. And so what I can do is I can, I can be responsible for, for feeling better about my relationship than I have in the past. And one of the things that, that occurs to me is to just simply make her happy. And so I think what I would do is say to myself, okay, I want her to be happy and that will make me happy. So then there's the point of view that says, well, that sounds like codependency to me. And maybe I'm subconsciously asking her to do the same thing, make me happy and be codependent. And that raises an issue of whether, whether that's the right approach or not. Uh, of, of, of achieving happiness in a relationship with somebody you're close to um, by being by making them happy. Or should I say to myself, you know what? I'm going to be happy if I'm successful in my own right, with my own identity. And the same is true for her. And that means she's 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 a successful career woman, and I can tell she really enjoys the people she's with. And when she's successful, she really likes it, and she's happy, no doubt about it. And the same is true for me. And so when I do something that's uh, that's successful, I feel happy, and it really doesn't involve her so much uh, in terms of of achieving that success. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, all of a sudden we have changed our relationship. I shouldn't say all of a sudden, but our relationship has changed at some point. I'm not really sure how or when or why, but it has. And so the question is, how do I manage that change successfully? So that I have to, it seems to me, make a choice whether to go try to go back to a point where we are, we're like our old selves, whatever that was, or maybe it's to find a new way to be happy together that is different than what it used to be. And I can't define it. I don't know what it'll look like, but I know it has to be different. And so to me, if I were an advocate for one or the other, if I were an advocate, uh, if I had to choose, and I, if I had to say, okay, if I had to define managing change, I would say, well, you know what? Going back and the codependency route is probably not the route I would choose. And living to make her happy and maybe expecting her to live to make me happy is not the choice I would make 
And maybe the choice I should make is, and, and, and in fact, the choice I would make is, I think we're going to have to find a new way to be happy together. And we'll find out what that looks like when we get there. <laughs> How would you react to that? Well, okay. So when two people meet and um, decide they want to be in a relationship, Typically, what happens is they can't wait to get together to discuss maybe their day, what each of them learned. So the conversation is, you know, one that is a mutually enjoyable sharing of information. Uh, that leads to, you know, being closer together where you actually want to be with each other. And that makes you feel emotionally connected. And if you're emotionally connected, you can, you know, at least anticipate that on a fairly regular basis, that might lead to being physically connected, right? And so it, when we first meet somebody, um, we are excited to talk to them, to be with them, to share, you know, on every single level. And it's only over time that it sort of breeds complacency if you're not continuing to grow emotionally, physically, intellectually, you know, spiritually. So that's why those four components are important. It's not like you just connect in the beginning and then you don't work to stay connected. It's so does, how, growth, does growth mean change as you, as you use the term? I'm sorry, the growth means change? Yeah, does it? Yes, when you grow, you are changing. When a okay. child grows from crawling to, you know, learning to walk, obviously that's change. When we learn to drive a car, that's change because now we are becoming independent. Um, you know, we can, you know, move around more easily to be with friends or go to class or something like that. When we um, begin our career and have advancements, that involves change. And so every aspect of our life, you know, whether it's physically aging, uh, whether it's uh, emotionally going through some difficult times, which forces growth, whether it's, um, you know, intellectually learning new skills, all of it involves change. And change is something that people resist. Like you said in the beginning, they want to stay in their comfort zone, which means I know what I'm doing now and I don't want to rock the boat. But if you don't move and embrace change in every aspect of your life, then you can't really grow. You're going to stagnate. And stagnation is what kills relationships. So it's like looking for what can I learn with this person? What uh, can we explore together? What adventures can we maybe now go take that we couldn't take 10 years ago because the kids were still too little? Maybe now we can take them. You know, explore how you can grow as a person. Maybe it means going to the gym together or by yourself to get physically more fit. Maybe it means changing the way you eat because you recognize that you know, I haven't been uh, putting nutrition at the top of my list. And so therefore I'm more tired than I have been in the past. You have to look at the areas of your life that are not quite working and then determine 
what do I need to do to make that better? And then in turn, share that in a, a partnership, if that's what you're in, and let the other person see that you're excited about growing and changing. And if, uh, if I find uh, the other person that I'm connected to in a relationship is a different person, mm -hmm. if she reacts differently and unexpectedly to things that we used to do together that, that used to reinforce what I did, was doing, and all of a sudden her reaction is that she's not reinforcing who I am as I see it. She's she, what she used to do. Uh, she is just a different person. And, and so that might, I would say probably would for most men, uh, make them feel uncomfortable. And so then the, the to me, the question is, uh, so that's, uh, that's uncomfortable because my identity is wrapped up a little bit into what, how she sees me and what she expects from me and how she reacts to me. And now she's not reinforcing what I'm doing or how I'm feeling. It's time to or have a conversation. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's true. And, and, and uh, you can have a conversation, but I'm not sure that, that um, I'm not sure that would satisfy or resolve the situation by itself. No, but you have mm -hmm. to be able to identify what is it that has changed? You know, I mean, both of you are in a relationship and if the relationship is changing, then what is it that actually has changed for each one of you? And can you move toward a resolution that allows both parties to be happy, you know, joyful? Um, and you have to explore that not only individually, but as a couple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would say my in, inclination would be, uh, as you suggested, to have a conversation. And, um, and maybe I might say uh, to her, you're a different person than, than you were when we met. And, and that means also that maybe sometimes we're in different situations and maybe that explains why we see each other differently. In other words, you're now in a career, you're not a mother of children uh, staying at home with them and looking after them. And I'm not somebody who is uh, fixing the house up and doing this and that and because you asked me to do it and it's because I want to do anyway. So I'm pretty happy with that situation. You're doing the stuff I don't like and I, you're asking me to do the stuff I do like. So that's pretty neat for me. Uh -huh. and now, now all of a sudden that's changed. You're doing what you like. And what's left for me is not necessarily what I like. And so, uh, and so I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's a big change. And I, I, I can tell by the person she is that she's not going to react well to me saying, well, go back to the way you used to be. Let me do everything. Let me be the husband of the house or whatever. And she's just not going to do that. That's just the way it is. That's change. And so that means um, somehow or another, I've got to manage that in a way that gets, gets us both, but gets me primarily to where I want to be. 
which is happy in a relationship with my wife. And I think to, to me, uh, if I were to, uh, if I were to think about how to do it, I would say, oh, it's okay. The person you are is different than, to me, you're different than you used to be. And guess what? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's, let's support, I'm going to support that. How can I uh, divert some of my time or energy or resources to support the, dire- the direction you're on or in and the path you're involved with and just see where it goes and who you become tomorrow. And to me, that, that defines that approach, that mindset on my part uh, defines what managing change is. And so you said earlier, embracing change is a is an ingredient for for being successful with it. And I would agree with that. And I think that that for the person that finds change difficult, and there's another person involved in that in that situation, what the way that the person who's uncomfortable deals should deal with it is to have a mindset that doesn't resist the change that is discomforting and instead to embrace it and to say oh wow this is like different it's not like my mother and dad's model of uh, of my mother saying well my father will take care of it he's the breadwinner uh i'm not wearing slacks because it's a man's i'm not taking i'm not working because it's a man's world all of that stuff it's it's like what I modeled when I grew up and now all of a sudden that's just not working it's right. not even it's not even real no and no, so, not in today's world yeah and so uh, and so if I were to talk to that guy uh, in a man cave I would say look you're kind of stupid frankly <laughs> and why don't you just say to your wife ah what are, what is your what is it that you want? What is it that that's important to you? And then find a way to help her get there and discover who she becomes in that process. And that's the person you're going to end up uh, falling in love with again, but it'll be a different person. And so the whole idea is to manage change, not so that you end up not changing. So you manage change so that you expect something different and you're not sure exactly what it is. That's what change is. So if somebody is going to be serious about managing change or embracing change or advocating change, it doesn't seem to me that person uh, can, can be intellectually honest and say, yeah, I manage change when it's convenient and when I don't like the outcome, then I'm just going to not, I'm just going to reject it. It doesn't work. And so to me, that's what managing change is about. And so I'm interested in how all that fits in with how you see the, the subject of managing change. Well, I, I think, you know, as we've been saying that change is inevitable. Um, you, you can't stay a baby forever. Uh, a puppy doesn't stay a puppy forever. It becomes a dog. A kitten becomes a cat. Um, so 
we have to kind of look at change as evolutionary, mm-hmm. you know, that this is a continuum. And um, if for people who have done, you know, something maybe in a class where you have a, a lifespan, you know, a beginning and then a projected end. So if you look at your family and you say, okay, everyone in my family lives to be 90. So it might be zero to 90. Where are you on your life path? And look at all the changes that have taken place so far. And there's going to be many more changes because we can't read what the future is. So we might have health changes. We might have uh, changes in relocation. Um, A lot of baby boomers, you know, are coming to Florida because they don't want to stay in northern climates anymore. That will bring a change because they're leaving family behind. They're leaving maybe childhood friends that they've grown up with. Uh, They're leaving an area of the country that they know quite well. But they're anticipating that the change is going to be good, that it's going to be something fun. Um, On the other hand, if you're in your 60s, and you're looking at 90 as maybe the end of your life, these next 20 years might involve changes that won't be so much fun in terms of mobility, in terms of intellectual uh, creativity. I mean, it doesn't have to be that way, but it might you know, involve some of those things. And so then it's a matter of embracing what you can do, not looking at what you cannot do anymore but looking at what you can and what are some really fun, creative ideas that you might want to explore. So change to me is just this perpetual continuum of moving from birth to the end of our life. And what do we want to put in there? And if you look at it as, you know, this might not be so much fun, but then again, it's going to teach me some new skills. It's going to teach me something about myself and maybe, you know, how to manage changes that I don't look forward to, but I can do it with um, curiosity. I can do it with the idea that, you know, it's the little engine that could, I think I can. So if we, what would a person do if they're in a relationship? Uh, Let's say the the wife uh, is in a, she's a, career woman and, and a professional and very successful and she may even earn more money than her husband and uh, and she just isn't interested in the things that her husband finds interesting and I, she doesn't she doesn't hide that from him right. because she's honest basically right well and I mean so- I, you can find new things maybe that both of you can find an interest in. She may not like what the other person is doing because it just, maybe it's about history and she's not crazy about history or you know maybe it's about uh, mathematical outcomes and she's not interested in that. What if, what if, it's, what if it's something about his value system? And well, it's not, not like what, his, what he's gonna do in the garage on the weekend or whether he's gonna wash the car or not. But let's just say he's, he's um, uh, he has something, some value system that is just repulsive. Suppose they get to talking about abortion or they get to talking about um, um, politics or about uh, women's rights. And this guy says, you know what, this and that. And, the, and his wife listens to it. And this was never an issue, never discussed before. And she says, you know what, I just can't stand it. 
to, to be around somebody who has those values. And obviously she's, she feels that way and it's, it's, it's an honest feeling and she just doesn't, isn't interested in hiding it. And then how does that guy who, who finds his values uh, fine, <laughs> you know, he's a Neanderthal, let's say, if I take a position on it, and, uh, and he's just not going to change at all. So, so what is the resolution to that? Do they, do they tough it out? Uh, do, they, do they go to therapy or what? Well, value systems are, are difficult. Um, you might be able, I don't think it's going to be a matter of toughing it out. It's going to be a matter of, do you love that person enough to accept that their values are their values and just leave it at that? You're not going to convert each other. Just, you know, it could be that uh, the way they were raised, the family they were raised in, politically, religious wise, you know, had those values very firmly implanted. And they're not able to give that up because that means giving up the foundation of maybe who they are. And so you just have to decide is it worth the fight? Um, you know, if it is, it's going to be difficult because both people are you know, they can have their own values, their own beliefs. Um, I would never want to change somebody's personally. And, you know, if you can live with it and you see other things within that person that have much more value to you, then hang on to the relationship. If it isn't, you know, that might be another huge change because you would be going, you know, in separate directions. Um, so when you, you get into your values and your beliefs, that's a, that's a whole different can of worms, so to speak. I don't know. I think it's an opportunity to, to kind of explore the whole subject of managing change. I think uh, as people, as people grow in different directions and as they get in, as they grow in different directions and find themselves on opposite ends of a, an important um, area of, of their relationship like values. Uh, maybe managing change means, you know what? We just got to uh, go our separate ways, divorce and move on. And, and in some uh, cases that happens. Yeah, but and, and but the, the thing that um, to me, what I learned from what your, your assessment is that it's not just an exception or that necessarily would apply. It might be that two people, so for example, a lot of people, usually those who are successful, uh, go into a marriage and um, whether it's the first one or not, and they have a prenup. And the reason they do is because they're saying, look, this may not last forever. And if it, if it doesn't, then we need to protect ourselves individually and in a very selfish sense uh, in terms of our finances. And we're gonna put it in writing and agree to it and hold ourselves to that. And, and so what that means in that relationship probably, it seems to me, is that at any moment, and this is certainly happens a lot, one or the other can say, you know what? I think 
you know, either I found somebody else or I'm, it's not working for me. Let's just uh, call it a day. And so the whole idea of marriage as a lifelong commitment then changes. And as far as I'm concerned, as somebody who adv advocates managing change, I'm okay with that. It's, it's totally all right with me. And if somebody says, yeah, dear old granddad was married to his wife for 50 years and they were the beautiful couple and, and they were just in love with each other and, and they were so comforting to each other and they, and this and that. And that's, that could be true. There could be things in their marriage that, that, that person that observer doesn't know about that made it work. And, uh, and uh, maybe they weren't always the best adjustments. Who knows? So if somebody said to me, uh, if I had to choose stay married or not, I would say, hands down, not. And I would say, make it as, as um, reasonable and as, and as, uh, as easy as possible so that any two people who are who are married and stay together or live together even if they're not married are doing it by choice and they're doing it by choice that day and the next day right and and that means they're also it means that they're accepting change because mm -hmm. if change takes them in opposite directions that they can't live with then they're saying hey see you later so I'm, to me, that sounds like a perfect, <laughs> a perfect model for managing change. Well, there's all different kinds of changes. And you've kind of focused on relationships today. Um, <laughs> and change is actually across the board because we change, as I've said, physically, we change emotionally, depending on circumstances, we change spiritually, depending upon things that happen to us in life. And so change is across the board and it's continuous. I would say as an advocate that I would say that model that I just described applies to everything that you mentioned. Uh, for well, example. except that, you know, if it's a physical change, using that as an example, if it was a physical change for somebody and they, you know, were healthy and then they're not healthy, they can't just say, I'm out of here. Um, you know, that's not really an option unless they're going to end their life, which is a whole nother conversation. But, well, change but, in but that people, case. People, people do that all the time. If, um, if somebody, um, uh, you know, if somebody has an illness or an Alzheimer's for their elder, elderly parent, it's, it's normal. They try for a while, but eventually they, they put the, the old lady or the old gentleman in a home to be cared for. No, but that's a, that's a different situation, Keith. That is when you are the caregiver for somebody who is going through that change. And I'm also saying that there are changes that occur to us individually. And you next year could end up facing, you know, dementia. We don't know. We never know what's going to happen in the future. So it's learning to embrace our own personal change as it happens, because we will be changing. There isn't any way possible that we're not going to do this on an individual basis. And it's how we accommodate 
that personal change and then how our relationships are impacted with those changes. But we need to draw this one to a close because we've oh already- Oh time goes fast. Time goes very fast when we're together and we're discussing things that are really very important for everyone to understand. And change is something that you're never going to outrun. Um, it'll happen whether you want it to happen or not. <laughs> so I'm not trying to run. I'm running toward it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let people know how they can reach you if they would like to be in touch, please. Sure. It's uh, uh, journalist on call is my website and be happy to uh, communicate with anybody. All right. And uh, you and I will be talking again around the middle of April of 2022. So crazy. It'll be, uh, you know, a third of the year will have almost happened by the time we talk again. But um, please, um, everybody uh, that's listening to this show, if it's uh, of value and you think that a friend should hear it or a family member should hear it, um, please introduce them to the Synergy Connection show, either as a podcast or take them to my website. Again, that's www.synergyconnectionradio.com. And in the meantime, go out there and please make this your best life. Thanks, everyone. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.